Hey, what's up out there? This is Japan Nick of Japan Nick's Rock and Metal Pandemonium. Um, it's May 1st, and we're here hanging out with uh, Rob War of Zamboni and the Thrash Bash Barbecue. Hopefully getting a caller soon. It's about 8 p.m., so hopefully we will. But um, let's continue on with what we were saying. All right. Um, where were we, Rob? Uh, oh, <clears throat> we were just talking about how, like, the local scene is kind of, like, dying because of the exploitation of promoters and stuff. Um, you know, p- the promoters exploiting the scene and all that. Um, but, yeah, uh, going back to that, you know, it's and the sad thing is that there's not a lot of unity in the local scene. Like, you know, we have, like I said, we're friends with, like, you know, the guys in, like, uh, the Vantafrost guys, Toxicology guys... Um, you know, bomb scare, condition critical, those guys. And, you know, we're good friends with them. You know, we hang out. We have no problem playing with them. And, you know, we love playing with them. Um, but then there seems to be, like, this kind of, like, rift between certain bands. Um, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's because of genre, you know, like, it, and it, it's silly because, like, you know, people say, like, oh, well, you know, oh, we're a black metal band. We're not going to play with you, you know, you poser thrash bands and stuff. It's like, <laughs> come on, really? Like, it's all metal. Like, just play. And um, and not only that, you have, like, there's a huge rift between, you know, the metal genres in general and, like, the other genres, like the punk and, and, and not necessarily, like, you know, like, crossover punk, like, hardcore punk and all that, but more like... Uh, you know the the just the normal punk pop punk and like some of the other like rock or alternative rock and hard rock genres there's like a it's like they never play together they don't want to play together nothing to do with each other and uh to some extent that's i mean it makes sense because you know you wouldn't see like you wouldn't see creed and mayhem on the same bill you know right but like and nickelback yeah but like um you know, it, there's got to be some more unity. You know, if 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 a bunch of like different bands of all different genres, you know, if like a local rapper and like a, a metal band and a pop punk band and a, and a prog rock band all come together and say like, oh yeah, we want to do a show. Like, there shouldn't be like a stigma attached to that just because like it's like, ooh, it's all these different genres coming together. Like, people are just way, way, way too loyal to what they like. And are like super unwilling to like expand their horizons and check out other music, and it hurts the local scene in general because then you don't have people that promote this. You know, like we don't we, we could post this all we want in like the local the local like Facebook groups and stuff, mm-hmm. and people you know the metalheads like it and they repost it and stuff, but you know no one else you know everyone else just turns a blind eye. It's just it's silly because. This is like DIY. This is as DIY as you could possibly get, you know? Yeah. And you know, that's what it should be about. It should be that, you know, we're we're musicians doing what we want to do ourselves. We're not, you know, relying on a promoter. We're not relying on some guy who's gonna take our money and then, you know, not deliver on it. You yeah. know, we're doing it ourselves and it's it's tough, you know, because when when you have to run the show, cook, uh, set up stuff, clean, you know, run the the sound on the, on all the bands and play the show that just it's crazy it's it's a lot of work and you know we we try to get as much help as we can both monetarily obviously with the kickstarter and you know physically hopefully um we always ask that people can get there as early as possible just to help set up the stuff you know sometimes people do and they do show up they do help out which is great and uh but you know it's 
It's tough. Now, I mean, I guess it's just like, what do you see is a way to like, I know everybody is not going to be friends with each other. Yeah. But the thing is, like, just if everybody is talking to one another and there's a level of respect. Exactly. Where like, oh, you're different than me and I'm different than you and you're, but you're really, really different than me and I'm really, really different than you. But it's just like having conversations about what's going on and just like, oh, it looks like we have a caller. Oh, all right. Here we go. Hey, what's up? Uh, this is uh, Japan Hello. Nick on WMSC. Uh, who's, what's your name and where are you calling from? Hey, this is David Rodriguez, a.k.a. Crumbum. I'm calling from Minneapolis. Cool, man. Much appreciated, Dave. Um, what's happening, brother? What's going on? All right. It's uh second hour of my radio show, and I got my, bud- my good buddy Rob Orr here, and he's putting on this thrash metal um, barbecue later this year, and we just want to talk about just like uh, DIY type stuff and also talk about like some of your recent adventures and barbecuing and other things now um oh nice nice are we on the air right now yeah we're on the air right now hey 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 <laughs> what's happening what's up i'm eating cookies man i'm partying diy style in minneapolis nice. i'm eating lobster i mean um oatmeal cookies hardcore stuff up here <laughs> that's real hardcore i'm not even joking around <laughs> that's awesome damn man now um Tell me about the recent success you guys experienced on the Travel Channel. Oh man, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. I got to get together with um, Zach Volsa, originally from Philly. He used to play in the Ghouls, and he's a bass player from the Crumbums. And um, we got together with him and my good friend Doyle Crawford, and we had a underground backyard battle with uh, a couple of cowboys from an area called Dripping Springs. And we ended up demolishing them punk rock Texas style. It was really, it was it was awesome. They were, they were great chefs, but, you know, we had to do what we had to do. Damn, man. Now, what were some of the recipes that helped you guys do so well in that competition? Well, you know, we just we just did kind of like old school, like uh, kept you know kept it like kept it really simple, man. We did we did some uh, you know we did some brisket, so we just kept it. We kept like you know our simple rub, like you know how we've been doing for years, and you know you can't really do much. That's the thing. People want to try to fancy up their the brisket and the thing is don't don't fix what ain't broke you know they ended up frying theirs and putting gravy and who the hell fries and puts gravy over a brisket so just by default i mean that 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 idea is out of the question but you know we ended up just keeping ours at a low low temperature like 120 for 12 13 hours you use oak so it doesn't get overly smoky and you know, we just tried to. Do, I think the thing that was the hardest part was just looking at the clock, just making sure everything got done. And uh, on top of that, we just brought out some of, uh, you know, some cultural things. Like um, we made like a banh mi style sandwich with. Um, uh, we used the tongue, and then we made like a, a barbacoa style taco. So we brought old school 
and cultural together, and I think that really helped us kick them right in the you-know-what. Now, for you, I think when we can say ding-ding. We can say <laughs> ding-ding at this time, and I kicked it right in the ding-ding. Awesome, man. Now, for you, when it comes to cooking, what do you feel like is the absolute most important ingredient to bring? The most important ingredient to bring? Or to use, I should say. For me, you know what? This, this sounds weird. Just bring what you know. When it comes to, like, to cooking, stick to what it is that, that, you know, that you saw Mama do, that you saw Grandma do. And, and you know, you can add things to it, but stick to what you know. And, you know, and to what you're, um, where, where you're from. Like, so you guys uh, up, up north, you might have a better, like, Seafood or what's in season is really kind of the you know uh, what your playing field is, and I think that's your your smartest your smartest bet is what's season what's seasonal and and what do you know because you know that that that's a hard that's a uh, you know a loaded question what's your your best thing? I appreciate that though. Now, what are all the guys in the Crumbums doing music wise right now? Ah, well, right now, we just released uh, a record called Smoke on uh, Jailhouse. And uh, we have another EP that's, uh, that we're just mixing down that's going to come out soon on Jailhouse Records also. So we got that. Um, we're playing Punk Rock Bowling, and we're playing with GBH. So... That's kind of uh, our main focus at the moment is to get these two records out and, uh, you know, rock out the festival and do some stuff with GBH. Now, can you throw out some of the names of some of the more real fiery songs on these albums? Man, there, there is a... Uh, this, this record, Smoke, that just came out on Jailhouse is... It's just kind of action-packed, I feel like, about what we're doing right now. And kind of we wanted to go back a little bit. And speaking of DIY stuff, it's about, you know, keeping it, you know, keeping it real with your friends and uh, uh, just being true about, about what you believe in. And the same thing, kind of like cooking, keeping to what you know and, and sticking, you know, sticking to your guns is really what this this record smokes about. And uh, we had a we had a blast doing it, and we kind of went a little bit more old school. Even uh, the recording process, we just brought everybody in there. It wasn't this long, drawn out recording process with this person mixing it, this person uh, producing it. We just basically. We uh, locked ourselves in this little recording studio until it was done, and we knocked it out fast. Damn. Now, you're going to be doing some festival appearances in the next year or so, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. We are, well, that's, that's kind of what we're, uh, we're holding on to and what we're doing right now. We've been, we've been rocking out in that van for the last 15 years, and, uh, you know, some of the guys are... Uh, doing some side projects. Some of the guys are doing some uh, 
family time kind of things, which is probably more hardcore than, than most people. And uh, so we're just trying to get out and do some festivals and uh, kind of we're trying to pick our shows to hit, you know, the most people at one time so that we can kind of concentrate on, the, on what we're doing uh, on the side as well. Now, over the years, what side projects have you guys been involved with? Well, I think that's, that's the, the main thing is Crumbums have been focused only on on that one thing we haven't really had a chance to do anything else which is what kind of helped us get to where we're at and it you know it allowed us to travel around the world and and meet different people and put out as many records as we as we've done but at the same time you know it, it didn't give us a chance to um reach out and do you know personal projects so right now we just kind of decided to you know, we've got two more records coming out from Crumb Bums. We can work on those and travel on those over the next year. So instead of loading everybody up in the van and, uh, you know, doing the same thing as, as usual, we decided that, you know, we'll focus on these festivals and also give ourselves a chance to do side projects. You know, there's uh, the most wonderful... Uh, rad thing about being in a van is you really get to know each other like you know i know what it trey's burp smells like i don't even know have to know it was him i know that that was a trey burp and uh you know i know what tommy sounds like when he snores um i know uh, i know justin and josh's like armpit smell i don't even you could just you could put that smell on a stick and I would know exactly which one that is. So we're kind of looking forward to uh, having like a, a short break of that. For you, like out in Austin, Texas, when you're around there, how do you run an awesome house party show? How do we run an Austin-style house party show? Well, the cool thing with that is, you know, speaking of cooking and backyard barbecues and all of that, it's like... Um, We've been trying to do this thing where, um, you know, we involve food and, and everything. Last uh, last week, actually, we had a punk rock party. This one, we didn't have any bands, but normally we do have bands play, but we also we had a salsa contest, which was freaking awesome. Anybody is allowed to enter. It's like a $5, $10 entrance fee so that the winner gets to make something. It's kind of fun, you know, you get little prizes and whatnot, but all these punks get together and make their little play on, like, salsa, and, you know, we, we get a couple of, we pick a couple of people that are in charge of the music, and, uh, you know, the, the cool thing about Austin is that it's pretty well known that there's rockers and there's punks all over the place, so they don't mind us throwing house parties, and, you know, we get a band in the living room, just rock it out and make sure no one flies through the windows. But that's pretty <laughs> much it, man. We do what we want in Austin. Now, I guess when it comes to the house party shows and the barbecues and everything like that, what is something special that you can do that's unique to make like your like barbecue really special? Ah, well, you know, I, I think what we're doing is 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 really cool. It's fun. It's unique. We've been trying to 
you know, it's hard because these days everybody, you know, they've got work, they've got families, they've got all these different things. As, you know, we try to do something where everybody can get together and, uh, you know, like the salsa contest. Do something that involves everybody. Uh, you know, if you want to do something that's really DIY, that's really badass, is, you know, put put a portion of your money to, like, an animal fund or something. You know what I mean? If you want to take it real old school, have have some money go to something that's awesome. Or, you know, what we also do is when bands come in town and you know they're not making that much money, throw a house party and have a $5 cover. Who can't afford $5? Anybody who says that they can't afford $5 to help a traveling band out, you know, is full of it. <laughs> Damn, man. Thanks a lot. W- would you like to go back to any questions, Dave? Man, I think, uh, you know, I think I'm good. I just, I was uh, excited to talk to you guys and see what's going on with everybody. I'm I'm actually pretty good, man. You know, like I said, Crumb has got a record on Jailhouse. Uh, records called Smoke that's out. We'll be doing uh, punk rock bowling and uh, come out, say what's up. We'll be um, playing with GBH. So, anyways, come out, hang out, say what's up. By the way, man, what kind of formats can you get this new album, Smoke, on? Like CD, cassette, vinyl? It is on uh, 12-inch vinyl. So go to jailhouserecords.com, Crumbums, Smoke. Killer, man. Nice. Final words. Final words. Man, you know what I always say, dude. Just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, support the scene and find a cause and support that. I really appreciate the time, Dave. Thank you very much. Awesome, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Until the next time, man. Stay heavy. Later. Peace. See you later. Well, we just had an awesome conversation with Dave Tejas. He's the frontman of the Austin, Texas hardcore punk and thrash metal band, The Crumb Bums. Really, really killer, dude. Um, can't wait till they're back on the East Coast. So um, when they do... They're definitely getting some support from the Northeasters. Now, um, <clears throat> Rob, yeah, how many times like uh, do you feel like you're able to check out what's going on in like the South, like Texas, Alabama, um, Louisiana, <laughs> stuff like that? Not not as often I was as I would like, I guess. Um, you know, it, it's it's tough to find bands when it's kind of like there's like these scenes that are like isolated it's like it's like islands in the middle of like a giant ocean you know it's like you know like the like the the texas like the austin dallas kind of scene has their own thing and then like you know you go to florida and there's like the tampa scene or whatever you know the death metal scene down there um and then you you know obviously the new york new jersey philly scene and then the boston scene is like something different so it's like you know it's it's hard to like kind of keep track of like all these different scenes because it's like they're they're focusing on their own thing you know and it's like not as much like you know like ooh, you know like let's go check out them you know it, it's hard it's a lot hard i think the problem is, is it's a lot harder for bands to tour nowadays you know it's just with gas prices the way they are and stuff so it's harder for these these touring bands to come up and like you know spread themselves out to other scenes and that's that's really the issue yeah, and I mean, it's just, there's so many really, really rich and fantastically amazing musicians out there in America, oh, yeah. but it's just, it's a nightmare getting from, like, Texas to New York, let alone, <laughs> yeah. like, Arizona, 
California uh, yeah, or yeah. Oregon it, to it's, here. It's it's crazy, and you know, it, it the big issue too is that like music is not anything what it is here than it is in other places like Europe or South America or anything like that. You know, it's like people in this country take music for granted way too much. So you know, like there's not like a huge like demand for it, and that's why like you know bands can't really make a living out of touring anymore. You know. There's, like, probably not one metal band that tours today besides, like, the Big Four and maybe, like, Exodus and Testament that don't have day jobs when they're not touring, you know? It's it's just, it's too hard for for bands to actually, you know, be musicians for a living and, and, and do tours because it's just the way the scene is in America. It's, it's just bad. Uh, it's just, I guess also, too, with some of the bigger labels, it's it just bad business decisions yeah. ended up destroying the market yeah well the problem is that the labels are using a business model that is you know 40 years old 50 years old you know they're 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 writing contracts that would have been acceptable in 1965 you know but make no sense now with with the way music is distributed these days with you know tour costs and all that it it, it makes no sense um, so, I mean, that's a huge issue right there alone is just the way the, the major labels, you know, have this mentality of uh, uh, that's like old school. It's stone aged. It's and it doesn't work in the modern world. You know, there's like this huge drive to fight piracy um, from the modern label or the, 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 the major labels and, you know, the RIAA and all that. But at the same time, you have smart bands like Iron Maiden seeing where their music is being pirated the most and then doing a tour there you know or or you have like uh dave sanchez from havoc who says like you know what pirate our music if you if you save money 10 bucks not buying the album and pirating it and then you have that 10 bucks to come out and see us or come out and buy a t-shirt do that instead you know because i mean if if your album doesn't if your album gets pirated nowadays it's like a good thing you know it's just exposure and that's good You, you you have to use that 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 drain and turn it into something good, you know? You know, say, like, oh, yeah, we put, like, X amount of money into the album. How are we going to make it back? Well, go on tour, you know? And I think a lot of the time, you know, if pirates really like something, when they get – if they download something and they like it, they'll they'll buy it, you know? And, again, going back, vinyl, it's another great idea is having vinyl because vinyl – it's not just about like, ooh, I'm going to buy vinyl so I can listen to it on my record player, you know? Vinyl is like a physical piece of merchandise that, you know, you can hang on the wall. You have the art book, you know, in, inside with all the lyrics and all that. And that's really the selling point, you know? So you, you could do, you could release your album for free online and then on tour have vinyls pressed because people will buy them. And on that thought, let's listen to a Crumbums track from Cut the Noose. Here is Hit and Run. Stay tuned to WMSC 90.3.
This is Japan Nick of Japanic's Rock and Metal Pandemonium. We're rocking out from 90.3 WMSC, located in Little Falls, New Jersey. And it's about 8.30 p.m., and we might just be having another caller soon. So let's cross our fingers. Yeah. Now, um, Rob, what was your favorite thing to hear from uh, Dave from uh, the Crumb Bumps? Um, I like that he talked about uh the his like you know diy barbecues that they do over there um and like you know the the barbecue competition i think that's a great idea to have you know kind of combine like the whole like culinary arts thing with music you know um that'd be great to do at a future thrash bash even maybe you know have like a a, a barbecue competition hand hand um, wink wink yeah <laughs> um because i think Maybe, you know, obviously this is once we have, like, a bigger venue where we could fit, you know, people who have trailers with smokers or whatever. Uh, I think that would be great, you know, to have people come up, you know, do some barbecuing, you know, have some... Chili cook-off. Chili cook-off. Um, and then, at the same time, have great music playing, you know? Um, I think that'd be that'd be awesome to do something like that. Yeah, I know. I, I really want to imagine that's more of, like, a southern thing, but it's just, like... Why not put it in the north too? You know. Yeah, and you know what that that's that happens here. Yeah. You know, there, there's barbecue cook-offs, and I think that would help give even more exposure because you wouldn't only have then the the music crowd coming. You'd have people that are like, "Ooh, look, there's like a, a chili cook-off or a barbecue cook-off going on." Like, "Ooh, let's check that out," and you know, then you get more people to like listen to the music, and you know, ends up being better. Yeah, like just like a cross reference between all the different communities, and it's just like yeah. I'd want to imagine people, a lot of people that like barbecuing like hard rock and heavy metal, too. Yeah, exactly. At least a good number of them. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. You would you would hope so. Yeah. Now, where were we in the questions list? Um, good question. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> thinking about the North Jersey crowd, why does it make sense for you to hold this event in Sussex County? Um, couple reasons. Uh, main reason is the fact that I have no neighbors. Um, we do the the play the the show at um, my step grandmother's house, um, and it's like there was one neighbor next to us, but he's gone. Uh, the guy actually died, and now the house is empty. Um, and then the only other house is mine that's right across the street, and that's the only house for like a, like far. So you know we could pr- pretty much be as loud as we want until you know we like try to cut it off like ten thirty eleven just so. You know, people don't, like, start, like, ooh, what's that noise? I better go check it out kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so there's that, you know. Uh, there's not really – there's not a huge police presence up there, so they're not going to harass us for, like, you know, having, like, no – Oh, it looks like we've got a caller. Oh, there we go. Hey, what's up? Uh, this is Japan Nick on WMSC 90.3. Uh, state your name hey. and where you're calling from. Hey, this is Beastman from Roar. What's up, man? Hey, what's up? Good to hear what's from on? you. So, dude, man. Let's see. Tell me about the musical projects you're currently a part of. I am in a band called Rorg. We are a death and thrash metal band with some experimentation, and we hail from the Hudson Valley area of New York State. And uh, I can really appreciate that. I remember uh, seeing you in the pit when, uh, I believe, what was that? Uh, that first band at uh, The Chance. Shattered Sun? Yeah, Shattered Sun and also Exodus. Like, um, ended up being, uh, my buddy Dave and I had the brilliant idea to hit up the bar next to the venue, and you'll never guess who we, uh, ran into. Uh, 
who was it? Guess. Is that Troll? Oh, dude, how do you know? It was really cool talking to him, too. It's just like, uh, that's one of those things that's just like, if you were in like Wayne's World or something, and you'd be like, oh, dude, that'd be awesome, or something like that. <laughs> They're not worthy. Oh, dude, he's super chill, apparently. I'd never met him until, until that night. <laughs> yeah, real down to earth, dude. And um, just a lot of fun. Go on, Rob. Uh, tell me about your history with the Thrash Bash barbecue over the years. Well, we actually got to play the first one. The very first Thrash Bash barbecue. Yep. Now, uh, let's see. The, the unfortunate situation with us was that we didn't have... Our, our drummer was unable to perform with us. So we basically had to use drum... You know, like a drum machine. And... It didn't work all out all that well. It was really hard because, honestly, we hadn't done it in a very long time, and you know, doing it for that for that one instance, it just remind it. It was basically a reminder to us: like, once you go with a real drummer, you don't go back. <laughs> once yeah. you go real, you you should stay real. <laughs> Definitely. Now, um, I guess, tell me. Like, when you're like, how many house party shows have you been a part of over the years? Not many, really. Um, let's see. The other shows we've done are usually all like bar shows. You know, mostly. Um, let's see. We played the cha- we played. Um, we did play the chance once, but that was more of a that was a that's a pretty big venue. Um, but we did. We usually. Um, I think the venue that we have played the most is a venue called Snug Harbor in New Paltz. How far is New Paltz from, uh, say, Vernon or like Sussex? No, we've hardly ever played. We've hardly ever played in New Jersey. We've only really played there twice. Mm. Or, no, once. No, twice. Yeah, because the Thrash Bash Barbecue and the yeah. other time was in Secaucus at uh, the um, at the uh, there was a benefit show for some children from Columbia, and I pulled my other band Fenris Moss to do the gig as well. Was that at Blue at the Blue Room? The Blue Room. Yep. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I have a assorted past with that place, but <laughs> <laughs> now, um, Rob, yes, like oh, that Rob, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, There's two Robs. <laughs> um, you ever make flyers for your shows? Uh, yeah, we have. Uh, actually, when I was up here um, promoting the show for the um, for parade day, I went all over the place with. I made a flyer out of the. Um, I took a picture of the leprechauns from the leprechaun movies. I'm the <laughs> leprechaun. I put him on the poster, and I called it basically Parade Day, Parade Day Pandemonium is what I called the event. <laughs> and, you know, and because the thing is, here in, Bingham, here in Binghamton, there's, a, there's an event every year called Parade Day, and it's usually the week before St. Patrick's Day. And it's basically a day where the entire town gets super drunk and gets super Irish, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically a bigger celebration of St. Patrick's Day, but not on St. Patrick's Day. Now, uh, Zamboni, Rob. The corned beef and cabbage, the, the beer, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, when we played, we played last, but, um, but I mean, just that whole place was just crawling with people. So there were people coming in and out of the bar. Just That's awesome. You know, from just everybody coming in on the street, because all the bars are in one place. That's awesome. They're all on the same street. That's so. awesome. Yo, Zamboni, so Rob. Hopping from one bar to the next. <laughs> Do you have a question for uh, Roorg, Rob? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I um, 
How how's it going with like the local scene up in uh, New York lately? Um, it's uh, actually a buddy of mine uh, from a band called Minotaur's Redemption. He kind of described it pretty accurately. He said that Pitipsy, which is technically technically more or less the seat of the Hudson Valley scene, yeah, Pitipsy uh, is basically a hardcore scene, oh. and they only support each other. Yeah, yeah. Kingpin is basically the hipster wannabe metalheads, you know. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. And New Pulse is where pretty much anybody who likes music is going to go to a show. <laughs> yeah, so... And, and is probably going to bring drugs and alcohol and God knows what else, you yeah, know. Yeah, that's like so, basically New Jersey, <laughs> you know, yeah, with, with like the, the areas where only like certain genres are welcome kind of thing. Um, yeah, and then we've got, let's see, and then now Middletown has a huge... There's a huge metal scene down there, but a lot, a lot of it's a combination of death metal and kind of like the slam death metal that you hear. Yeah, yeah. It's coming out in New York City too, so you get a, you get a pretty good mix of everything. There's a lot of also there's a lot of really good musicians in Middletown too. Oh, like, I'm, I'm, very, I'm actually surprised. Musicians out of out of the Middletown area. Huh. So yeah, that's def- that's pretty much the whole scene summed up. And in Binghamton, where I live now, the Binghamton scene is largely comprised of people who like to play. Either southern metal or what I like to call we like to call it KGB metal because the band there's a radio station up here called KGB yeah uh, KGB FM and they play basically all you know like five finger death punch oh, yeah. and Ugh. stuff like that you know radio radio metal basically yeah yeah so there's a lot of bands up here that play like the like basically play like that or play some you know trend you know um, you know, very metalcore stuff. Yeah, trendy stuff. So there's no thrash bands up here. That's, there that's was one death metal band up here, but I never ran into them. Yeah. And there is one band that's actually kind of like a... They almost, they're almost like Crowbar. Oh, really? That's pretty awesome. cool. That's awesome. What's their name? Um, They're called... Oh, my gosh. I forgot. It starts with a D, though. <laughs> it, they're like de- defaced or de... Oh, I cannot remember for the life of me now. <laughs> All I know is when I go back on Facebook, I'll find them and I know exactly who they are. I'll send, <laughs> of course. I'll send them to Nick. Yeah, and, okay. All right, yeah. And you'll see, you'll see who they are. All right, cool. But, oh, and there's another band up here. There's, in Ithaca, there's also a, a prog scene up uh-huh. here. So there's like this one band that sounds like a cross between Mastodon, Crowbar, and Opeth. <laughs> oh, wow, that's crazy. Like, they're incredible. Oh, I gotta so check literally, them. honestly, I would say to myself, if they ever played a Mastodon song, they'd probably play it better than Mastodon would. <laughs> wow, that's, that's insane. Yeah, that's a that's a rare, a breed. It's well. Oh yeah, they're they're fantastic. It, it's it's see. it's weird because oh. there seems to be now this trend in metal where like it's becoming more and more progressive. You know, you have like animals as leaders and stuff like that. Rings of Saturn. So th- yeah, it seems to be. Like very technical, exactly. Or, or some people call like basically. I always want to call. Sometimes I want to call it like music store metal. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I just kind of came up with that, you know, pretty much just now because when you think about it, there these are the guys like the guys who work at the music store. Yeah. The kind of stuff they listen to, and plus, this is the you know usually the stuff that's sold in the music stores. They're all sold. You know, catering to these guys. Yeah. Their, their equipment is always being endorsed yeah. all the time. It's, yeah. it's very. The other thing is, every so often you're going to see someone do a clinic. In oh, a music of course. Store yeah. From a gent band or from uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, from one of these bands. The thing well, is, I though, mean, it's like one recently they had uh, from Animals of the Leaders. They had um, 
Oh, I can't remember. Oh, uh, Pozo Mossy showed up. Oh, really? Once. They also had, um, they also had, um, Delta Jeff Loomis show up once. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So, I mean, yeah, like the clinic circuit is starting to get popular ever, ever since the dawn of this kind of metal. Well, I guess a lot of it, too, comes from the fact that, like, it's so hard to make money now in music that, you know, if these guys can get paid doing a clinic, you know, they'll, they'll do it just so they can, you know, still be playing music and, and, you know, make a living. Of course, and speaking of which, this, uh, for this is this is for Nick. Did you see? Did you see at Testament's merch table the eighty dollar vaporizer? <laughs> what? Honestly, I didn't even take a look at the merch table, dude. Man, you'll hate me for this. I ended up skipping out after Exodus is set to hang out with my buddy uh, Dave in the bar, and we just <laughs> didn't come back in. It was just <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Well, let me tell you, there's an eighty dollar vaporizer that was for sale on the table, That's crazy. and Chuck Billy has basically his face plastered all over it and called the teeth. That's hilarious! Wow, that that's oh yeah. And the crazy thing is, he's trying to he's trying to, to market it so badly. Oh, like, I'm sure. Did you and, did you see one person buy it though? I did not see anyone buy it. In fact, most people were complaining that it was eighty dollars. <laughs> Do you think that's the original price, or it was? Some money was tacked onto it because of like oh, venue no, no, prices. I, I would too. believe that would be the uh, well for what it looked like. I mean, it, when I saw it, it looked kind of like this metal kind of. It looked like it was like uh, basically like a vape pen or whatever, one of those. And yeah. it looked like it was encased in metal. So I mean, that's crazy. It looked. Expe- it kind of looked pricey. I just didn't think it was going to be eighty dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's. Well, I guess, you know... Most of the ones I've seen are made of plastic and, you know... Yeah, yeah. ...and other parts, so... Wow. Yeah, I haven't seen one made of, like, like whatever that was, some kind of nickel or or aluminum, I don't know, some kind of metal. It it was probably something like that, nickel or or aluminum, I'm sure. Something. (laughs) Whatever it was, it was the fact... The $80 price tag was what pretty much turned everyone off. Oh, I'm sure. That's crazy. That's crazy. And yeah, a lot of the other merch is really expensive. The other disappointing thing I I do like about their merch table is I really wanted one of their armbands. Yeah. I bought one from Exodus instead because they had them, but yeah. Testament didn't have any. Oh, that's a shame. I have an Exodus theirs armband. Are, like the best, like theirs are the best looking. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I've I don't know if they're still the same. I have the one. Um, it's you know like the regular size armband. It's got like the red Exodus logo, like mm-hmm. the Exodus. You know, and just yep, red I've got a little. I've got a, I've got two of those. I got a little one, and I've got one that's an armband. Which oh, yeah. actually, I discovered that it wasn't. I found out that it wasn't red. Oh, yo, Rob! Oh, wow. In the light, it was actually purple. Oh, that's Hold on, interesting. it looks like we've got another caller. Let me patch him in too. Hey, second caller, what's up? Hi, guys. What's up? It's Chris. Oh, hey, oh, what's up, man? Chris, what's up? <laughs> oh no, it looks like uh, Beast Man got dropped. I'm sorry, Beast Man. Beast Man. Oh uh, yeah, we were just talking to Beast Man from. Uh, from Rorg. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh I well. I need to cut him off. Oh, good job. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Brad. This is all your Sorry, fault. Sorry, Beastman. Sorry, Beastman. Yeah. Which one is Beastman? That's uh, the guitar player. Okay. The lead guitarist. The one with the long okay. hair. Yeah, l- the l- one with the long hair. Okay. Sorry, Beastman. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, anyway, I've got, like, maybe 15 minutes. I'm actually at my job. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Appreciate you calling in, though. Um, did you get a chance to listen in at all? No, I can't get any radio stations over here, and it's probably blocked. Oh, that's a shame. IT. I, I, IT is, well, 
It's the same IT everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, Chris, what inspired you to try to book some of these bands like Witch Haven, Incinerator, and Blood Feast? Well, Incinerator I don't think is going to happen because um, their bass player and guitar player, um, Ben and Rob, they, um, they're they also in Thy Antichrist, and they're going to be touring around that time, so oh, really? I don't think Incinerator is going to happen. Oh, I yeah, didn't even, I, I didn't I didn't even hear about that. that. That's crazy. Um, yeah, they made the announcement maybe like a week ago or something like that. Oh, wow. They haven't put up the exact like dates, but I know it's going to be around August time, so within the first week, so I don't think that they're going to actually... I think Incinerator is going to be out for yeah. that show. Yeah. But um, I, I just wanted to play a show with all the ba- with all the cool bands that I like, and you know, not have to go through a booker or not have to like try to prove myself by selling whatever ridiculous amount of anything. Yeah. To do it, like it's just why can't I just play a show? We spoke like, at, hey, we actually, spoke at length about that before. Yes, it's like oh well, guess what? It is that easy. So yeah. I'm just going to do it myself. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing. Um, and, of course, there's the price tag that comes along with it, which is why I'm trying to, you know, get people to donate money yes. to help with it. Because I, I, can't, I can't pay for all these awesome bands by myself. I mean, me, Rob, and even Greg Room would not, you know, we'd break the bank on this. Yeah. So we need a little help doing it. You we know? need money for beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beer good, Napster bad. <laughs> yeah ain't that the yeah. truth we need money for beer and women <laughs> i don't know if i could say the other word yeah i, I know what you were thinking women. yeah a little nicky <laughs> <laughs> now chris like um tell tell our listeners about some of the even crazier type things you're hoping for like um let's say you're uh, you are able to make a covers album would you be okay. telling the bands, yo, I want to hear you guys perform Blankety Blank for uh, my uh, special Kickstarter uh, covers album? I don't see why I wouldn't. I mean, the, the, for the covers album, if that's going to happen, the, um, the person who donates that sort of money is going to, um, they have to be the one to pick, like, you know, a song for each band on the bill when the bill when the final bill is out how much so that's actually their uh that's actually it's a reward fans calls so yeah. whoever so if if anybody listening wants to donate 150 dollars or more they get everything that comes with it which is like the t-shirt the buttons the poster um thrash the bash the poster CD. thrash bash the t-shirt <laughs> thrash bash <laughs> the flamethrower flame <laughs> <laughs> uh if, if they get you know all these crazy rewards, and then they get to pick a. They get to pick as many songs, you know, as there are for bands. They get to pick one. They get to pick one cover song for each band that's playing. Wow, how so, much is it going to be know, to make that happen? Does it, then that, then that's their cool little covers album. That's if they pay one hundred fifty dollars or more. That's if they pay one hundred fifty dollars or more. If they don't, then you know maybe we'll just if we end up. Thing, to hell with him we do the covers album anyway yeah then we'll just all figure out okay hey whatever you guys want to play you know just cover it and give me a recording of it and that's it yeah that'd be cool and and you know it's not going to be like super high quality prote- production you know this is just gonna be something quick you know 
you know, obviously not like terrible like black metal in a basement with one microphone, but like you know, just something quick hey, that's not going to cost a lot of money for the bands to do. Obviously. So like black metal in a basement with two microphones. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's our. It's going to be our demo with one extra microphone. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what kinds of things would you be requesting? of some of the people visiting the show to bring food you what know, kind of food uh, like, well, inspire me more than burgers did you just say don't, mutton just don't be just don't be cheap and bring chips did you just say mutton yeah they could bring mutton <laughs> i love me a good mutton bring some yeah. venison kill hey. the deer on your way to the show hey, those, about that? those chips don't <laughs> got nothing on this mutton <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Oh, like, it, like uh, actually, Wonk has a very high deer population. So they, if they want, they could actually kill the deal, the deer on their way to the show. Maybe even the whole family, and then they could just bring like these fresh deer carcasses over, and we could just roast them on the grill. Yeah. Do that. I mean, if you want to go about it cheap, you know, do it right. Oh, actually, before Chris, we were talking to uh, one of the guys from the Crumbums, uh, Dave. Oh yeah. And and he was basically talking about, like, what they do out in Texas with their, like, barbecue stuff. And they actually had, like, a barbecue cook-off, like, oh. with all these, like, punk bands and stuff that came and, like, did their own, like, briskets and all that crazy stuff. So I was thinking, like, eventually this is something we should, like, incorporate into the Thrash Bash, having, like, a cook-off. I'd be into that. Yeah. If we could make it, like, a multi-day thing, then I would definitely be into doing that on one of the days. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But that's, of course, if people want to, you know, give us a reason to keep it going. Yeah. You know, if, if you show me that you don't care, then what, then what incentive do I have to keep doing it if I'm doing it for everybody? Yeah. Yeah, you got to figure out a way to finance this. Well, besides that, I got to know who would actually show up and support it. And by support, I don't mean just showing up and saying... Oh, oh dude, man, you need to... Year. I yeah. need, like, physical support. Like, if yeah. anyone's going to... Like, anybody who gave us the idea to do the crowd fundraiser, well, that's great. But they haven't donated any money towards it. Yeah, They've just been like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you the money eventually. I'm like, that's awesome. But eventually is when. Yeah. Like... It, we need the money. <laughs> yeah, like... And I, I hate that. I mean, I don't want to, like, sound like we're begging it. for money, but we do want to make this better than ever, and we really do need that money. Oh, but, uh, Rob, Chris, you're not appreciating the support you get from people liking a Facebook yeah. post Moral or tweeting support. it. Moral support. That's what we need. <laughs> Moral yeah. support. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't live in the era where bartering is still a thing. Yeah. I'll you give know. you two chickens. <laughs> <laughs> if only we could give Witchhaven just two chickens. <laughs> yeah. Two chickens and goat. <laughs> two chickens and goat. Keep but going, keep going. Chicken, and we got to give the pilot a goat for their services. Yeah. And if they get like a private jet, then we got to give them a whole cow. So I mean, it's, it, even bartering would still be, you know, a, a thing, a big to do. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> and I mean, what are we going to barter to get the cow from the farmer? I mean, we we might have to, we may have had to steal the cow. Yeah. Hint, hint, wink, wink. So, so there's a lot of, you know. There's a lot of issues that could be at hand with that. You know, like, Rob and I are definitely not capable of robbing a bank, but we could probably, you know, take a cow from a farm. 
<laughs> so yeah, we'll just load it in the back of my truck and just drive. <laughs> yeah, so maybe it's a good idea for the rest of the world that bartering is no longer a thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, Chris, what do you see as a scene that's really happening and competent that is Portland. successful, and what do you think Portland. makes them more successful? Yeah, but what Oregon. do you think makes them that successful that the East Coast is lacking? They care. They care. They physically support. They don't just say that they're going to do something. They actually put up and do it. They've got a whole community of people, not just like a scene, because a scene is really just something that comes and goes. Different people go into it and leave, and then they just don't do it anymore. They have like a whole community of people who have been doing it, and you know, it's like the old bridge militia used to be for the East Coast, they're consistently doing it on the West Coast. Yeah. They're, like, where, like whatever you need done, they'll get it done. They have their zines, physical, yeah. you know, digital. They got them all. And, like, the Portland scene is, like, you know... I mean, the whole West Coast scene in general is just better. I mean, and, we were again, no, we were talking about this before. There's, like, there's like this rift. Is that everyone cares, and yeah. they legitimately care, and they legitimately show concern. And that's not how it is Whereas here. Whereas here, that's not how no. it is. Over here, it's just everyone tells you and pats you on the back, and then when they actually have to do something, there's, like, nowhere to be found. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it is people here take music for granted, you know? Because you can go into the city anytime and see any pr- pretty much any genre you want, so they don't care about the local scene, you know? It's it's And it's sad. You know? Yeah. It's, well, also, it's the, it's, it's, the, it's the people involved in the local scene as well who well, yeah. know, don't... Because they'll go around and they'll say, oh, man, this venue is terrible. Uh, we got ripped off. I'm never playing there again. And everyone will rally around them and say, yeah, me neither, me neither, me neither. But guess what? They go In play six there. months, three-quarters of those bands will still be playing there. I know. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, and the I- other, and half of those bands that are not playing there will have probably will have either broken up or have just decided to not play live anymore. Yeah. And, and people... And half of that will be actually doing their own thing. So that altogether as like people who are trying to make a scene a community that's already like yeah it's like people don't and they're so stuck in this like this system that they don't realize like you don't need you know the promoters need you more than you need them you know so people like are just so fooled by it that they just go and they like they'll they'll kill themselves trying to sell tickets when they don't realize they could just book the show themselves and and play a venue themselves and and collect the money themselves and not have to worry about it you know and get paid so yeah there's like in portland i saw like the tonic lounge which i think is recently been bought and changed the name of but that's a really amazing place there's a lot of really good people there and also just i went to a house party show the uh, day after the Famine Fest show in Portland, and it was just like, it's just amazing how things like that can happen, and like the the tour, some of the touring bands. I remember Mutilacion from California hit up that uh that house party show the that Sunday, and it was yeah. just like amazing, and it's just like something like that can't happen here. No, but no. over there it can. Yeah, and and even uh, Dave said before, you know, uh, in Texas, you know, they do house party shows all the time in ha- Austin, and you know, it's easy for them to set it up, and they do like, you know, five dollar cover, and the and the touring band gets paid with that five dollar cover, you know, because people who, who cares? It's five dollars. You go, like you said, you know, if you can't spend five dollars on a band, then like, what are you doing with your life? You know, uh, I mean, and it, that that doesn't happen here. It's sad, you know. 
it's all about like oh you got to play at this bar and and sell 20 tickets you know and it's not only you know the metal scene it's it's the whole diy scene in general in in the new york new jersey area it seems is that like oh if you're not playing and and that's not this is not 100 percent true you know obviously because there's there there's there's house party shows all the time and like in um uh by like rutgers and all that and 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 down that way but another issue that i have with pete with this uh, donating thing is when was you know again trying to get people who actually gave us the idea to do it yeah is now you know i'm uh it, i'm asking i'm like listen i need you guys to help donate and uh, you know uh, this was this is what you wanted now we're trying to do it you know, I need you to help me. And they're like, oh, I don't have any money, uh, actually. When I, as soon as I get money, I will give it to you. And I'm like, you do realize that the first thing is for a dollar. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you don't have a dollar, then what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like, Chris. I know, like, I know that you don't live on the streets. I know that you're not homeless, unless homeless people carry electronic devices on them with the Internet attached to it. <laughs> yeah. You know? so the more successful ones know, do. <laughs> well, I did. I, I to be to be fair, I was on. Uh, I believe the the A train in New York once, and someone riding an electric wheelchair came in and said they were homeless and they needed money. Well, they were riding an electric wheelchair. They needed drugs. Well, yeah, but you know, did you it's look like at the shoe? if you're homeless, where do, where do you did go you to plug in your wheelchair shoe? at night to charge? <laughs> did, Rob, did you look at the shoe? I didn't. I don't. I don't remember if All I. All right. Well, if the shoes were new, they're lying. <laughs> if the shoes were old and broken, they're telling the truth. Then, well, the, yeah. Then maybe they had like you know maybe they robbed an electric <laughs> scooter from someone. <laughs> it, it, these things happen. <laughs> no. Like that. It was at a Seinfeld. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> you, we're approaching um, the end of the time. Um, can you tell us what is some important things that people need to consider if they're thinking about donating to the Thrash Bash Barbecue? Well, first of all, you got to realize that you're trying to support, you know, a movement, a whole thing, a whole festival. You have to also realize that it's for you. I'm not doing this to make a buck. All the money is going to go to something. Yeah. If, if we make extra money, then it's going to go towards more food, maybe another band. Or if we make a whole lot, it's going to go towards getting a documentary filmed. Yeah. And and making so a second day, it, hopefully. And making a second day, you know, eventually. So it, it's it, the point is, if you're going to donate to something, it's all for you. Yeah. It's not, you know, I'm not going to be another shady promoter just taking your money and running. And and the rewards are awesome too. You. you know, the rewards are awesome too. It's not it's not like we're just like asking for money and, you know, the only thing you get is the thrash bash, right. you know. I'm sorry There's, guys, but I got to cut this short. I got to go. I got to close my drawer and I have to take the last cash sale because it's probably someone who doesn't know what they want. It's <laughs> all stupid. All right. Thanks all right, a lot man. for calling, Chris. Yeah, we appreciate talk it. Talk to you later, man. Peace, bye, man. Bye. Alrighty then. But yeah, I mean, the rewards aren't you know, just come to the show and that's your reward. You know, you know, there's CDs, there's T-shirts, buttons. Um, you're getting like, I, I, there's one reward where you get a painted picture from Chris that says like whatever you want it to be, and it says thank you on it. You know, in so, addition to the thank you email. Oh yes, there you go. Now, Rob, tell us about these amazing thank you emails that you can get for the low, low price of one dollar. 
uh, we will personally write an email thanking you. You know, that's that's what we're, what's all about. You know, and I think uh, you know one of them was uh, like like Chris said before when we're doing we're gonna do a covers album, and whoever donates 150 or more, they get to choose what song each band covers. You know, if you want us to play like Barney's theme song, we'll do it. <laughs> well, 